Any of you guys have a hard time getting up this morning? Anybody? When I preach, I'm the first one here at like 6.15, 6.30, sometimes sooner. I woke up at 7.14 this morning in a panic and got here by like 7.30. Brian was calling me as I was pulling in. Oh, good, you're awake. <laughs> so I just want to share with you guys that I'm human like everybody else, but losing an hour of sleep is tough. Let's go ahead and pray, and we'll ask God to bless this uh, message this morning with his spirit, shall we? Almighty God, I just want to thank you for this privilege and opportunity to be alongside your, your congregation, your church, allowed to serve, allowed to speak on your behalf, and I just pray your spirit into me, into this room, into every single one of us in a way that helps us understand what it is that you'll have us do, how we serve you, how we love you, and just the appreciation for your son Jesus that is so such a beautiful gift that we'll never fully understand. So we invite you into this service today, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The weary evangelist knocked on another door, fully expecting to be turned away again. Sure enough, the older woman who answered angrily demanded that he leave once she figured out why he was there and slammed the door. The door, however, bounced back open, and the woman shouted, Get your foot out of my door. But ma'am, the evangelist began, when the woman again slammed the door in his face, once again it bounced back open. I said, Get your foot out of my door. The woman yelled again. One more time she slammed the door. One more time it bounced back open. But ma'am, the evangelist said again, only to be cut off, Don't talk back to me. The woman screamed in a rage, I want you off my property. She slammed the door a fourth time, only to see it bounce back open again. Ma'am, the evangelist yelled as he hastily retreated down the sidewalk, you'll be able to close the door if you move your cat out of the way. (laughs) For you cat lovers, I'm sorry, but that was funny. I even had one member from first service, I'm going home and checking on my cat. But I wanted to start off with a joke. I hadn't done that because I want this to be a light and airy service today. I want us to be joyous. I want laughter to come through. We will hit a little bit of scripture that's got some tough parts to swallow, but just as much um, confidence and uplifting in it too. So we have been on a journey the last few months. And if I asked you what it was about, I'm sure all of you would tell me serving, right? I hope it's serving, but you never know. So this journey, uh, like we learned last week, faith is paramount to our salvation, and serving others is an essential part of our obedience to God. The decision to step out and help others in the church, or even to help out perfect strangers, is all about understanding that we have a gift to share with others, a gift that removes the penalty of our sin and restores us to a living hope in Jesus. Amen? Now, we must share this message through being like Jesus Christ. And remember, Jesus got down and he washed his disciples' feet. That's not the most pleasant thing to think about, but that's the kind of like-mindedness we need to have as Christians for the lost and for others. And speaking of loving others, we're going to go through the slideshow up here from Believe. I wanted to take time and share with you guys what these children experienced a couple Saturdays ago. And keep in mind that most of them had never been to Believe or been in this kind of setting before. So there's no audio, bear with me, but I just want you guys to watch the journey for a second.
And a big thanks to my wife for putting this together. The whole basis for this weekend, uh, the message was about understanding your identity in God and knowing that it's enough in the face of all the pressures of school, in the face of all the family problems that you have. So it was just knowing that I'm enough as God's child and he created me specifically for him. And so we don't have to stare at my ugly mug there for too long. We can go to this next picture. The interesting thing about picture number one is we had an ice cream social Friday night, if you can't tell from the picture, when we got back. And I asked my wife to pick up a few things. I was thinking some chocolate syrup and some waffle cones or something. But no, she comes back with maraschino cherries, Oreos, Reese's Pieces, M&M's, marshmallows and like four different kinds of syrups and didn't even bring any ice cream cones and that's kind of the aftermath chips ahoy all over the place it was like a tornado came through and we wondered why the kids didn't go to bed till 1 a.m but it was a good time uh the next picture please this was our group a mixture from the boyd christian church uh, jeff brought up Uh, Six or seven girls, no boys, and then a couple of the volunteers, and this was kind of our goofy picture that we molded together there at the end. But Jeff said before leaving, I wanted to show these kids that there are other Christians out there just like them. And that's what we got the opportunity to do. We got to invite them into our church. We stayed the night. Kids and adults were sprawled out all over the place in the Lord's house. And it was a good reminder that sometimes we struggle and feel alone and isolated as Christians, don't we? Sometimes we forget of God's kingdom outside of here, and we only think about the Riverton Christian Church. But God has a whole other body moving outside of these walls. If we go to picture number three... I wanted to capture the essence of the Believe experience. And you wear wristbands that are color-coded, and they shift them for the three sessions. So you get to sit either down in the front, off to the sides, or up to the top. Saturday morning, this was our vantage point. We got there a little early. We were up in the top balcony. There were 2,200 children, arms lifted, praising Jesus Christ. That is an experience, an overwhelming one. It gets to you a little bit, but that is what we got to share. Now, granted, some of the stage effects are a little over the top, but Jesus' name rang out loud and clear over everything else. In every sermon, every speaker. 
And here's the cool part. On Saturday, uh, the speaker came up and she said, I was talking to the maintenance staff here and they just said that you're, all the children are behaving so wonderfully in respecting this facility. So tell me, raising our kids through God's word in the Bible doesn't help them grow up to be responsible and moral adults. 2,200 junior hires and the maintenance crew praised us all for the children there. Amen, right? All right, picture number four. If I'm being honest, I got to ask for forgiveness. This is a picture of my office. I didn't know and I doubted if we would be able to provide all of the, 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 blah, 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 all of the food and resources for this homeless dinner that we were putting together on Tuesday night. I wasn't sure if we were going to come together, rally around as a church as one of the first things that, that I've asked you guys to do. Not only did we fill every need, but it only took four out of six signups. You guys are a generous and loving congregation, and you proved me wrong in style. So I apologize, I bow out, but thank you so much for just showing me your love. Tuesday night is going to be great. We have had more volunteers than we need, and space is limited, and we've had to turn some people away from going and providing the meal. That's a good problem to have. I wanted to take a minute, though, like I said, and just praise you guys this morning because you're answering the call to give back. You're hearing what we as leaders are preaching and trying to get to. And our Believe event was the first time that we got to put our cook, uh, cook team together to organize and come together for this event. And you guys knocked it out of the park. We had fresh cinnamon rolls out there made for us when we all woke up. Then there was coffee, and I was like, coffee, praise God for coffee, two o'clock in the morning. It was fresh, it was brewed, and it was ready to go. Amen, hallelujah. <clears throat> then there were sack lunches that were made the night before that were all in the refrigerator, ready for us when we came back for lunch. That was such a huge blessing because kids that came up brought lunch money that they got to spend on mementos and things to keep from believe and, and just to remember it for the rest of their lives. And a lot of this was because of you guys' giving. We talked about the offering a little bit. A portion of all of the offering that comes in goes into the youth account, and we provided a lot of resources from that to see everything happen. So praise God for that. And who knows all the benefits that can come from that experience with those children. Many of them were hurt. Many of them were broken. And it was like the speaker who had been doing it for 20 years cut right into their hearts and engaged all of them. They were focused on her as she told them about, you are enough in Jesus Christ. That was awesome. Eric and I got to go deep with our kids and really talk to them on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And like Brian had mentioned in the praise last week or the week before, one of the young ladies even wanted to be baptized because she felt that she was enough in God and understood that. And then all the supplies for the homeless dinner that have come into the office that are coming into today, you've given time and financial resources for that above and beyond your normal tithing. That is the kind of giving that is going to make a difference. Who knows what God has in store? Do you guys see our potential? Do you see what happens when we work together and we serve as the body of Christ? It's not the money. It's not the food. It might be the ice cream because ice cream is amazing. 
It's the loving gesture of kindness. You guys are an awesome and special group, and I'm privileged to be a part of it. But this is only the beginning of what we can do for God. Amen to that? Our scripture this morning has been on my heart for the past few months as we even before we talked about preaching on service and feeling where God led. Every Sunday I've wanted to preach this. And here we go as we close out service. Turn with me to Matthew 25, 31 through 46. It'll be up here, but turn with me to Matthew chapter 25, 31 through 46. Now, <clears throat> there is some pretty harsh judgment in here, but there's a whole lot of hope and amazingness too. So I want you guys to hear it both, but don't be bogged down by the judgment side because we're not in that state. Oh no. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. <clears throat> How many of you look at this meal coming up on Tuesday night as feeding Jesus? We must open our eyes to the needs of others in such a way that we care for everyone in need with the same type of affection as we look upon Jesus our Savior. It's not a burden to give when we've been blessed with more than enough to share. The Acts 2 uh, model of church that we talk a lot about was willing to sell off everything for the needs of those around them to provide for them. I'm not saying or asking you to do that, but we should be willing to. They understood that Jesus was compassionate towards all who would humble themselves before him and put their faith in him. We must move forward and fix our eyes on Jesus, doing great works in his name, because 
It doesn't take long to have a conversation with people before we see the harm that's been done in God's name, is it? But not us and not now. We are going to show compassion on those around us, understanding that showing compassion to Christ when we serve the least of them is serving his brothers and sisters. We and everyone else have a place reserved for us in heaven that was prepared before creation even began. Can you fathom that and imagine that? Sadly, though, most, or not most, but many people will never get past their sin in their life. They'll never hear the saving message of Jesus Christ, that repentance and faith will restore them. But we can make a difference because we are God's army set out to love and care for those around us. Are we not? Yes, we are. Are we not? Fantastic. You guys are with me this morning. Pay very attention, or pay very close attention to what Jesus' words say. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Well, that's what I feel like God is calling us to do. God is calling us to share our church home with those who don't even know they need Jesus yet, that have no idea of what salvation is. It is our job to teach it to them. And I'm pointing at you because of the Acts 2.42 model that we talk about teaching. And it's fun to point at Brian from up here. (laughs) I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. If God cares about these people, so must we. We've already seen a life brought to a place of decision through one event. Imagine if we're doing five a month. Imagine if we're stepping out into a place that's completely unchurched. What are the possibilities of God to do with us with serving and willing hearts? That's yet to be seen. But what it takes is diligence for caring for others, spending time with them, and sacrificing ourselves. Is that not what Jesus did for us? My hope is is that not one of you, after the last two months of preaching on service, can comfortably sit in the pew, eyes gazed on us, leave the church and do nothing for God's kingdom and come back on Sunday to hear another message. My prayer is that we've all been moved to action. Brian and I, as families, with our families, we met Friday night. We hadn't done that since our trip. We were really good about spending time together and sharing life. We realized like five months have gone by since we've just sat down and spent time together. And we were talking, my wife was talking about things she was doing with the youth. Mary was talking about kind of cook team stuff. We were talking about ministry. And we came to this conclusion. No matter what I preach or what Brian preaches, no matter what the worship service is, successful ministry is not that. Successful ministry is that we share our lives together. It's not 40 hours a week. It's not 20 hours a week. It's complete commitment to each other and that that's reciprocated back. That might be 60 hours a week. That might be 70 hours a week. What matters is that we spend time together in relationship. 
Our time is the most precious thing that we have to offer people. It's also the hardest to give. Because we like baseball, we like the Cubs, we like the Cardinals, we like shopping, we like doing a whole lot of different things outside the church. Things that compete for our time and that we don't want to give up. There are things I don't want to give up. But this is why Jesus said those who want to save their lives will lose it. We have to die to ourselves to be part of this greater community of God. Turn with me to Mark chapter 12. 28 through 31. I think only 29 through 31 is up here. But Mark 12, 28 through 31. <clears throat> the best part about all of our scripture is it's Jesus speaking. You want to argue with him, you take that up with him personally. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Mark 12, 28 through 31. <clears throat> One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, undivided. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second in this is love your neighbor as yourself, there is no commandment greater than these. A really good friend of mine from southern Missouri <clears throat> struggles with his understanding of Scripture, how to apply it to his life, how it moves with him. And we were having a conversation about a month ago, and he's like, you know, I go out and I move to compassion to help homeless people, to provide them meal. Something inside of me stirs and it feels good. It feels good to serve others. It feels good to do things for other people, does it not? It feels great. But he doesn't understand where that came from. And he has a hard time relating Scripture. And I simply said, we are to love God and we are to love others. Sure, I get it. We need to first repent to be saved. We need to put our faith in Jesus Christ. But what we do after that is love God and love others. Is that not what Jesus just said? Love God and love others. And he was like, that makes a lot of sense. I wish someone would have explained that to me before. <clears throat> it's not don't do this and don't do that as Christians. We're not a bunch of legalistic people that tell you what not to do. It is simply do and do. Love God, love others. If you love God, you won't let the world out there corrupt you with sin. If you love others, then you're serving Jesus Christ through serving his brothers and sisters. I'm reminded of the joke that I started with, you know. I, I don't think the evangelist would have been so weary if he hadn't tried so hard to explain the gospel. It really is a simple message, and we often overcomplicate things for seekers. People will listen when you simplify it and break it down. Admit that you're a sinner and powerless to it. Accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Love God and then love others. Sure, we can teach them a whole lot of Scripture. We can develop them to be mature Christians, but that's the basis of what we're doing here. We must go tell this story to others by showing it through our deeds. Words like, repent or you're going to hell don't work anymore. 
The 50s, the 60s, the 70s wore that out. I'm just here to tell everybody. We're not scaring people into heaven anymore. We're turning people away. It's time that we serve and we love them because we have a loving God whom we serve, whom loves us. But we have to show them by leading the way. And you guys are doing it. I'm not here harping on you. We're doing it. (laughs) Praise God. Actions like spending time with people who barely know you will make them wonder why you're different. Why you care about me. But let us never forget the sacrifice that Jesus Christ gave for us. His life. You loving God, you loving Jesus Christ will motivate you to do whatever God places on your heart. That I promise. We're to sacrifice our lives through spending time being the church, not talking about it. So as we close out service and we're not talking about it, let's continue to be the church. While it sounds easy to do, it is the hardest thing that we endeavor because there's a lot of temptation out there. Then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out his laborers into his harvest. Let's go get them. Let's go get them. Team on three. Ready? Let's go get them. Let's bring them in through loving them, serving them, being the church. Let's pray. Almighty God, I want to be humbled. I want to stand before you and I want to praise your name for Jesus Christ. Our worship this morning spoke of Jesus' name in a way that Brian felt moved to sing that chorus one more time. That's what we have to do when we leave here. We have to keep singing that chorus of Jesus Christ gives eternal life through faith in Him away for free. It's just so easy to get caught up in this life and forget that. But not this morning, not us, not this group who is diligently opening Our wheels are starting to move. And we're coming to that place where we can really see eternal lives changed. And we get to share with them in heaven forever because of you, God. Because of your son, Jesus. It's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen.